For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Welcome in the latest episode of Five on the Floor on the Five Reasons Sports Network. Thanks for joining us on your favorite podcast app. We're on Podbean, Spotify. We're on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. We're also on Dash Radio on their Nothing But Net channel. Download the Dash Radio app for free. Search for Nothing But Net. We're there every single night at 7 p.m. Also, check out the Five Reasons YouTube channel. We had three streams going tonight, one on the Dolphins, one on the Hurricanes, both teams getting ready for their camps, and also one on Space Jam. Make sure you check out the Five Reasons YouTube channel every night, tomorrow night, Thursday night, we will do Floor Jours. Greg and I and Alex will be on there probably with a special guest. Also check out FiveReasonSports.com, the latest from Brady Hawk, also free. How would Rudy Gay look next to Bam Adebayo in the front court? He's been breaking down pretty much every player who's ever lived and how they would break down, how they would, how they would pair with Bam Adebayo. So make sure you check that out. And also check out the great sponsors of the Five Reasons Sports Network. When you go to mybookie.ag, you are getting the absolute best platform. So make sure you go to mybookie.ag to bet. Use the code five. The code is five. That's where you get that bonus up to a thousand bucks. Yes, the NBA and NHL playoffs are over, but MLB goes on and NFL is starting soon. You can get in on some of the props for the season going forward. So make sure you check out mybookie.ag, the best platform, the best live betting best props they've got everything there and you get your money quickly again it's mybookie.ag promo code five and now tonight's episode uh, five on the floor ride for my dogs where here's the thing you can check the score hustle hard couple scars wearing bubble frogs just like what said you in trouble y'all kept the floor playing got an all band y'all seen the block stop in one hand Impact we trust, it's power, have the guts. We're here to bring the heat. Y'all can hang it up. Welcome to Five on the Floor, a daily insider show on the Miami Heat and the NBA featuring Ethan Skolnick, Greg Sylvander, and Alex Toledo, plus others from the Five Reasons Sports Network. Ethan Skolnick back on five on the floor. Here's tonight's floor plan. No Alex Toledo. He was at the Tyler Hero availability. So check out his feed for that. Want to make sure you, you find out what Tyler said today. That's all on Tropical Blanket on Twitter. But tonight's floor plan, we've got Greg Sylvander. You can follow him at Greg Sylvander. He is, I would say Greg is superior to me as a capologist. Um, he knows the ins and outs a little bit better than I do. Sometimes I just nod along. Uh, so I'm going to do a lot more nodding along here tonight because we've got the guy. You can follow him at Larry Kuhn. He is the one that the teams, they check out his work. He's a professor. He's done it all in this business. He knows the thing. I, I used to read over and over the FAQ that you would throw out there, tried to commit it to memory. Uh, some of it's still in there somewhere, but I've gotten old. Uh, Larry, thanks for joining us today. Yeah, anytime, Ethan. I think we're going to have to go back to somebody whose Twitter handle is Tropical Blanket, though. <laughs> Not Listen, even going to. We, we have tried to unpack that on multiple episodes, and we can't get to the bottom I, of it. That's I know own. there's probably plenty of material right there alone. Well, yes. here's the thing, Larry. We have tried with Alex, and I hope he listens to this, okay? Because Greg just got verified on Twitter. Five Reasons is verified on Twitter. The, the thing that everybody who's verified on Twitter has in common when they're an individual <laughs> is they use their name. 
Okay. Uh-huh. We cannot convince Alex to just use his <laughs> name. He refu- There's nothing wrong with his name. He refuses to use his name. And because of that, uh, he's going to be in the sea of unwashed, uh, unverified Twitter handles rather than being along the, the, the likes of us. You know, there's some value protecting your anonymity when you go out in public. You know, you nobody puts a restaurant reservation under tropical blanket. So I can I can He's an Uber driver, that. Larry. He's not I mean, <laughs> to people all the time. I don't I don't I don't really get it. All right. Here before we get to the cap stuff, and we got a ton of questions for you, and I think Greg probably has three thousand on his own. I want to just ask you generally um, what you've got coming up here because it is a really cool program. I mean, we've got a lot of people who, who think they know this stuff, um, but they can get to know it a lot better. So, so what do you have going on? Yeah. Thanks a lot, Ethan. So one of my projects is called sports business classroom, and there's a couple of outlets for that. I have a a on-demand video course for the CBA. You can check that out at uh, sportsbusinessclassroom.com. But the thing that's coming up real quick, real quick now. So pay attention is Sports Business Classroom, our immersive Las Vegas experience. This is our prime main event. We did not get to do it last year because of COVID. So we did a couple of virtual events. It, they, they were great, but live is something different where we are immersed, and I mean immersed, inside of the NBA Summer League, inside the Thomas & Mack Arena in Las Vegas, Nevada. So we are in the arena, which means we bring the best of summer league to you inside a sports business classroom. Everybody from team owners to GMs to assistant GMs to agents to scouts to the top media people are coming to sports business classroom to teach, to speak, to interact with you. Um, in addition, we are putting you out into the arena. You're scouting games with NBA scouts. You're broadcasting on the sidelines. You're out there in and amongst all of the people in the league as they are interacting and doing business. If you are looking for a job in sports, in the NBA, then Sports Business Classroom is, is kind of tailored to what you want to do. I put together a curriculum around where the jobs are and what kind of skills are needed. So I organized it like a college where everybody gets a little bit of everything in the quote unquote GE section. So you're going to get some salary cap instruction. You're going to get scouting. You're going to get analytics. You're going to get media and broadcast. You're going to get front office operations stuff. All the things that that broad base of knowledge that you need in order to be able to sort of hang with those people. My my ethos here is that whatever table you happen to be sitting at in the front office, I want you to be conversant and I want you to be able to contribute and I want you to be able to put those things together. So in addition to the GE, everybody picks a major and I have three majors at SBC this year. There is the league salary cap. So you get more emphasis on on the CBA. There's scouting video and analytics. So you're going to produce tangible work product working with NBA scouts, something that could easily go onto your resume. Um, And then media and broadcast, we're doing podcast opportunities, sideline broadcast opportunities, all sorts of things to um, enhance your ability to go out and work with the media. And when you think about it, think about how many people bounce back and forth between front office jobs and media jobs. Everybody needs all of those skills, whether you're dealing with the media or whether you're eventually in the media. Plus, if you want to get your foot in the door, 
you can't start your own MBA team. You can start your own podcast. You can start your own media things. And that's an excellent opportunity to work your way up, work your way in. Uh, we provide a, a ton of opportunities to work, have your um, your work graded by you know people who were ex-general managers or other you know front office executives. We have great speakers in. I don't have, um, we haven't announced all the speakers yet this year. I'll tell you that in 2019, our speakers included Mark Cuban, Kiki Vandeway, Neil O'Shea, the GM of the Trailblazers, Mike D'Antoni. You know, we get a who's who of the league in sports business classroom. So our dates, August 9th through 14th. So it's coming up real quick. Our ramp up time this year was really short, unfortunately. Usually we have registration open five or six months. We are ramping up quick this year. So if you want to get in, you got to get in quick. We are um, going to late registration on August 1st, which means prices are going to go up. If you want in, go to sportsbusinessclassroom.com. You can register there. You can find out more information about the program there. And you can also get a discount because if you're a listener to Five Reasons Network, then you're the kind of person I'm going to want to have in Sports Business Classroom. So you use the code 5RSN. I will give you a $200 discount to the program. Again, our dates are the 9th through the 14th of August in Las Vegas, Nevada. 5RSN for your discount code, sportsbusinessclassroom.com. 5RSN, use the code. I have a lot of people who are, I, I have this one guy on Instagram who's always asking me to get his resume directly to Pat <laughs> Riley. Um, he's he better has, off giving uh, it to Larry nice Coon, honestly. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> that's what I was going to say. He's got no experience, but he just thinks I'm just going to get I, him I right have in the door of there. Like that. People who would never come to SBC to really learn how to do it or just want to kind of, hey, just kind of like yeah. recommend me to the Lakers or somebody. So I know, but yeah. the yeah. one funny thing, I will tell you an SBC story. So one, one of the people that we have on a lot is Neil O'Shea, the GM of the Portland Trailblazers. Mm -hmm. And it's not just a, you know, sit down, oh, talk about your backstory and what, you know, he has a great backstory because he was literally starting as the guy who opened the gym door for, for somebody else, you, you know, just the guy with the key to the door <laughs> to open it up at 4.30 in the morning. So players can, and he worked his way up from there. But he, he says now it's GM of the Blazers. He gets so many cold calls and resumes and everything else from everybody. And he, so he, he goes through a little experiment. He tells, you know, everybody in the room, this last year, there were like 90 people there. He goes, everybody stand up. So the whole room stands up. He goes, all right, if you did not volunteer for your college team, sit down. Half the room, thump, sits down. All right, if you do not know how to code, sit down. Thump, most everybody else. You know, he goes through three or four questions like that. And literally a couple of people are standing after that. And he goes, all right. All you people out there who want to do, th do stuff in the league, look at those people standing. Those are the people who were doing the things from the start to, to build uh, value, uh, their own value, and also to build value in what they can contribute to me. I don't care if you're going to work hard. Everybody's going to work hard. I don't care if you love the game. Everybody loves the game. <laughs> those are not the differentiators. Those things that I named, those are the differentiators. And those are the things that we're going to take notice of. So you people who are still standing, you know, come talk to me. That's convincing so stuff. You, yep. 
if you want to do that stuff, uh, we're going to give you the information here at the end. We'll give it to you on the Twitter feed as well. 5RSN is the code that you're going to use to get that $200 discount. I, you know, unfortunately, I, you know, Greg and I were both trying to figure out getting out to Vegas at this time. And I'm like, why didn't they just do the damn thing in July? Well, I have I some time here. That's like, that, that's a weekend I'm supposed to take my daughter to Universal. Oh, for, that, yeah. That's, that's a non-negotiable, Ethan. She is non. It's non-negotiable. We, we were so. we were talking on the phone because because my daughter's twenty-two now, and I was just saying, you know, every single age, it's like you get past that age, and then you regret that that age is never going to come back. So yep. yeah, enjoy well, it. I'm I'm I'm, ta- I'm taking her to Universal, and and she's going to be the one that wants to go on all the rides. All right, when we come back, we are going to blitz our expert here with a ton of salary cap questions. So let's uh, so everybody. Buckle up. We're going to get to some of these questions that all of you have asked us on Twitter. Before we do, I want to tell you about one more sponsor of the great reason of the great reason, the five reasons sports network. There's great reasons though, to check this sponsor out. Everything trade shows.com everything trade shows.com trade shows are coming back. You may need a trade show exhibit, but you may not have your entire staff back, right? So if your marketing team is not fully operational at this point, you need a one-stop shop, okay? Somebody that can do the full booth build, the design, the logistics, the graphics, the furniture, the flooring, even some tips to get you noticed. They can teach you the difference between renting and buying, and they're based right here in Fort Lauderdale, but they can service all 50 states. Schedule a free consultation with everythingtradeshows.com. 954-791-8882. That's 954-791-8882. Maybe you're going to want to do one in Vegas too around the same time. Mention five reasons. You'll get a free booth rendering. That's the special deal that we offer. You mentioned five reasons. Free booth rendering. Everythingtradeshows.com. Reach out to our guy, Chris. 954-791-8882. All right. We're back. Greg, you ready for me to run point guard on this one? I'm looking, I'm looking at your list. Okay. I'm just going to stand in the corner. Mario Chalmers style. The ball is in Dwayne's hands. There you have a list. Um, So it's funny that, you know, before we started the show, you talked about that there was a a pretty big basketball game that just ended the other night. And it was funny because the finals, you know, we crowned another champion, the Milwaukee bucks. And I feel like the heat were just in the finals, like just a bit ago. It's like really the culmination of two seasons that I feel like is in one. So I kind of wanted to start here is uh, based off of, you know, the, the league revenue and things like that and their efforts to like recoup revenue. Like what, mm-hmm. what do you think and what do you, what would you project is going to happen with the salary cap over the next few years? Do you think cap smoothing is the way that they go or, or how do you think that they address that? Yeah. So there's a couple of different factors there, right? One is, yeah, they lost a ton of revenue both last year and this year. So they, they have, things in the CBA that cover when, when they lose revenue like that. But when it switches over to a lot of revenue that they're losing, the CBA just says they're going to negotiate in good faith because it's going to be a unique situation. They did. They you know salvaged part of the season with the bubble last year. This season, they 72 out of 82 games. And yeah, the, Adam Silver did a press conference at the start of the finals, and he said that revenues were down by about a third, which I can believe. Um, and uh, the salary, the, the player's uh, compensation is tied to revenues directly, uh, which is the one big thing. Effectively, the two split the revenues 50-50. You can go up or down just a little bit, but it's a 50-50 split, which means when, when business is good, revenues are up, the players get more. When it's not so good, when there's a global pandemic that costs them a third of their revenue, the players are going to get less. 
Now there's systems built in place to help compensate for that tuning that's needed, but it's built for a normal situation, right? They withhold 10% and then they'll give back what it takes to get them back to their guaranteed amount. They blew that out of the water with such a, a big one. So they did an emergency larger escrow, which got them back um, to where they needed to be for last year. Then for this year, they said, and we knew that this was gonna happen all along. They said the cap, the salary cap and the luxury tax level are gonna remain the same as they were last year. So they're not going to lower it significantly because revenues are down significantly, which means for you know, a, a team's decisions, free agency, all those operate as though it were perfectly normal. So a free agent becomes a free agent in a normal you know, free agency period and not one, you know, just by happenstance of when his contract ended in one that's just dismal and nobody can sign anybody. So they protected it like that. They said that the salary cap is going to stay the same. Free agency is going to be normal. Even though we're playing 72 games and not 82 games, we're not cutting salaries. We're just going to leave them where they are. We're going to fix it through another enhanced escrow system where we're going to take out more money. Every player can, can have taken out up to 20% instead of the normal US 10%, and we'll let them make it up over three years. So it smooths it out for them. And it, in effect, it's like a zero interest loan for the players in that situation, which works out nicely for them. Probably some a, a little bit of concession there in exchange for starting the season a little bit earlier than the players wanted to this year. And more importantly, it kind of limits the, the losses to two seasons, to last season and this season. And they're trying their best to get back to a normal season next season. And yeah, the players are gonna still be playing a, paying a little bit more in the escrow funds to make up for the past losses, but they're trying to get right back to normal. So they, as part of that, they guaranteed that the salary cap will rise by at least 3% up to 10%, meaning that there will be some smoothing there um, if, the, if the revenues are really good. Now it's always based on projected revenues, what they think is gonna happen for the upcoming season. They think it's gonna get back to normal. So we should see what would be a normal salary cap anyways, but we'll kind of see how the math plays out. The, another factor in that is we saw this in 2016. It is not good for the system if the salary cap jumps by too much or falls by too much. Yeah, yeah it, it's a shock to the system because when you think about 2016 and the new TV deal hit and the cap jumped from like 60 million to 90 million, yeah. who does that money go to, right? The guys under contract, they're under contract. The guys who are on rookie scale deals and right. the mid-level exceptions, those are set. The only guys that the money could go to were the free agents who happened to become free that year. So you see Lou Alday and Timothy Mozgov getting enormous <laughs> contracts, you know, and everybody else in them. They could have fixed this through a cap smoothing strategy. The Players Association said no, it jumped, it was bad. So they're trying to avoid that happening this time by putting that 10% cap and a new TV deal is going to come up again. You know, 2025 is when the next one's scheduled to start. There's rumors that it's going to be huge. So the league is hopefully, uh, and the Players Association also, is hopefully going to do something to keep it from happening all over again. All right. I want to get, get to another uh, general question here, and then we're going to get to some more specifics. Um, when I've been speaking to some agents lately, they've said to me that they're anticipating a lot of sign and trades 
this offseason, maybe more so than normal. Um, and then Greg had added here, do you expect, you know, some double sign in trades possibly? Um, is that what you're anticipating also? And what would be the reasons for that? So uh, first, a little history on sign and trade. Um, it used to be that when a player is signed and traded, meaning his old team signs him just for the purpose of, of a specific trade, and it's done with a clause in the contract that says this signing, this contract is null and void if the player is not traded to that specific team within 48 hours. So it's treated as like one atomic transaction. Um, a sign and trade used to be used to give the guy the as big of a contract as they could get re-signing with the home team. And the home team gets bird rights. So they have an advantage of a bigger starting, well, the same starting salary, but bigger raises and more years. Used to be able to get that same contract, but also get to go to the team of his choice. Now they tighten those rules up and they can no longer get the same contract that they could have gotten re-signing with their old team and with the bird rights. Now they can only get as big a contract as they could get re by signing a new contract with a different team still up to the same max salary, but one fewer year, four years, instead of five smaller raises. So only 5% raises rather than eight. So it constrained it a little bit, but it took a lot of the carrot away for, for, for teams to want to do a signing trade because the player, it, you know, saying I'm going to get the same deal as I'm going to get somewhere else anyways, but I would also be depleting my new team. That's why would I want to do that if I can sign there directly? Right. So by removing some of that incentive, it took a lot of the teeth out of the sign and trade. So now under the current deal, a sign and trade is really only useful when the player wants to go to a team that doesn't have that kind of cap room and can't go out and sign the player directly. So um, the, the general way it fluctuates is that the more teams in a given offseason have cap room, the less useful and valuable a signing trade is. The fewer teams have cap room and the more you know, are, are operating with exceptions or very little cap room, the more you're going to see signing trades because that's the way that's left over for players who are free agents to get to the team that they want to go to. That was awesome. Like that, that clears it up for me in terms of off season over off season, being able to kind of predict and indicate what you're going to see. I, I appreciate you clarifying that to that degree. I'm going to hit you with some rapid fire Miami heat related stuff specifically. Right. That, I, I'm uh, not promising a rap. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants. They all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Good fire answer. Oh, I, I, of course I tend not. to be a little verbose. Yeah, no, and, and this is all great conversation. And, and some of this isn't just about cap stuff. Uh, you'd be surprised. A lot of Heat fans are interested in your team building philosophies, also just your general league knowledge. So some of this is going to lean in those directions. Uh, so right now, Oklahoma City owns everyone's draft picks across the entire world, but right. particularly the 2023 Miami Heat first-round pick that is currently um, unprotected. And there are scenarios where Miami would actually benefit from getting the protections removed from the pick 
all together so that it would unlock other picks so that they would, um, you know, be able to trade subsequent picks. Fans want to know, what do you think is fair compensation to Oklahoma city to lift protections on a pick that really, it, it does nothing but benefit them to lift those protections. So it's a weird scenario where you have to give them something. What do you think is fair compensation in that kind of scenario? Yeah, that's so, um, Draft equity, you know, as we call it, is always one of those things that's tough to figure out because a pick is an asset and it's it's an unrealized asset, right? It's a future, um, but it it has great value. And once something's traded, when a draft pick is traded, it basically they write down exactly what what the situation is, and it's going to be one of those things where the, you know there's a couple of exceptions to this, but it it plays out. And then the, how they define that draft pick trade says exactly what's going to happen depending on how, how things happen. So if this team lands here to here, you get it. If they land here to here, you know, we keep it type of thing. There's a couple of things where there are options to swap or, or not swap. But for the most part, it, is, it, it conveys here or here or here. And you know, I'm, I'm kind of looking at... at, at the Miami's draft selections right now. Yeah, basically they're spoken for all the way to 2027. And the reason for it is because of pick protection, right? Something conveys if they keep it in this range, otherwise we try again next year. Next year, we keep it in this range. Otherwise we try again the following year. The problem with that kind of situation is that when a team strings out their protections over many years like that, they're tying up their ability to trade other picks. They're going to keep some or most of those picks, but at this point, right now, those are potentially traded picks and they can't do anything with them. There's this obscure rule called the, the Ted Stepien rule, uh, yeah. which was, you know, Stepien was the owner of the Cavs way back when and decided that trading picks for nothing was, was great, even if it did turn into people like you know, James Worthy, you know, guys that never did anything in the league. So the, the, they made, made it so that a team could not be in a position where two consecutive future picks are traded away. They have to have, they have to own at least one of those. Um, so because of the Stepien rule, they can't even say, well, we're going to keep the 23, therefore we're going to lose the 24, because you don't know that you know, first of all, you may lose the 23. You don't know that. And therefore the 24 can't be traded as well. Teams kind of get themselves locked up like that. And, and yeah, the Heat have everything in both rounds spoken for. And Sam Presti at OKC knows that there's value in, exactly. in, in having that and, and a value to the, the Heat in, um, in being able to unlock it. So the conversation between Andy Ellsberg and Sam Presti goes, you know, Sam going, what are you going to give me to help you out? And, and, and then we can, you know, kind of see, um, you know, where something like that goes. It's going to be, you know, a pick is tough because while a pick has great value, from a basketball standpoint and a team standpoint, it has zero value from a trade standpoint. Meaning when you do the salary cap math to see if a trade works or not, the draft pick factors in zero. If you trade a pick for a player, you're trading zero for whatever that player makes. And you may not be able to make that trade because of that. So you have to add in things that do have tangible value just in order to make the math work. And then the trade starts to get really complicated. So, 
for what it would take, I mean, you would say that it would be something a little bit larger. Probably Sam would be, you know, he has a, a lot of picks to be able to play with. Maybe send you a pick so that you you have a guaranteed pick in some year, and then you can free up your other picks type of thing, or or relax the trade protection on something that was already agreed to. There's a few different options there, but it, it's it would be on the line of a fairly good player, you know, going over would be the kind of equity you would be looking for. All right, let's get to uh, more specifics because again, that that plays into a lot of what they can do, but also. When you look at the heat this offseason, you know, there was so much of a push for wait for 2021, wait for Giannis, and that kept the heat from doing much last offseason, including retaining Jay Crowder because they didn't want to extend him out more than one year. We saw that really none of the heat's offseason moves last year. You know, they kind of had one foot in one foot out. Didn't none of them really worked out very well when they had the short offseason. Now they're in a position where we're looking at the 2021 class being pretty much garbage. Uh, with the exception of a couple of their targets, maybe a Kyle Lowry or a Mike Conley. Uh, but 2022 looks really good. And, and so I'll ask this question. As you go into this offseason with what you know of the Heat situation, should they, in your view, be operating as an above-the-cap team, uh, which would mean basically uh, cashing in on those options on Iguodala and Dragic and trading them? Uh, but again, then you may be running a luxury tax issue or something along those lines. Uh, or would, should they be a little bit more circumspect again, uh, operate as an under-the-cap team, and again, try to maintain space for 2022? Can, can you kind of go through what some of the, the parameters yeah, are? Yeah, so just to give you some of the background, the teams in an offseason typically operate as one of those two things that you just said. They're either above the cap, which means that they don't have spendable cap room, but they do have exceptions. And you know the mid-level exception being the biggest one of those, you're at like $10 million for that. You have a couple of other exceptions to be able to spend. Maybe you have trade exceptions from previous trades, although looking at the heat, uh, they do not have any trade exceptions right now. That's not to say that they wouldn't have some, you know, certainly by the time we get to next year. Um, so that's one way of operating. And you can stay above the cap either by virtue of having contracts or by having cap holds, including your own free agents, things like that. So it is possible to stay above the cap and there are strategies to make that work for you and be able to use your exceptions. The other way of operating is as, as a room team, thus you have actual spendable cap room. It's a little bit tricky because you, it, it sounds a little bit funny to say this, you have to have a lot of cap room before you have any cap room. Meaning that if you're below the cap and your exceptions, including your cap holds, add up to where you're above the cap. Yeah. You have the same spending the power. Yeah, You're still a cap team, right? The whole premise here is that you can't be both a cap team and a room team at the same time. I can't use cap room go out and sign a Mike Conley and then turn around and re-sign my own guys with, with uh, an exception. You know, the exception means you can't be under over, uh, over the cap except when using an exception. If you got under the cap, you just you know, reverse the entire principle here. So that's why cap holds exist. Now, a, a room, so a room team kind of has to clear the books. I haven't added up to see exactly how much cap room that they have, but let's. Um, I, they could get to functionally somewhere in the neighborhood of 22 to 23 million. Um, okay. 
Yeah, 22 to 23 million, especially if, you know, depending on who your current roster you want to keep, uh, doesn't quite add up as much as it, as it used to. So yeah, if the Heat are, are looking for a, a, some prime guy, pro, not going to happen for that amount of cap room, right? The, the, the prime free agents are up over $30 million, especially the ones who are unrestricted because the ones who tend to be great players who are in that zero to six category tend to be on their off their rookie scale contracts and they're restricted and you have a whole nother deal to deal with. So it, it, it could be a coin flip. They'd have to strategize. They could operate either way, but you're right. The way to get uh, to maintain themselves as a captain, because they're going to have to make a decision on Dragic uh, the day before free agency. That's my, you, you beat yeah. me to my next question is like, how do you navigate that when you have to make the decision on Iguodala and Dragic team options uh, the day before free agency? So you don't really know if you need to get under the cap to get a guy to right. even have leverage to get a guy. Maybe you need to have functional cap space, but by the same token, you don't, you need to make decisions on those options because you may use them and stay above the cap. But you are talking to other guys, right? You you know, team, teams always know for every player on their roster what the market is for them, who's, who might be interested in them. They know everybody on every other team and who might be available and what the, the cost might be to get somebody like that. And if they were to uh, uh, know that, let's say AI would be somebody that another team could have some interest in, um, then they could decide to pick up that option just for the purpose of using him as ballast in a trade that's yet to happen. Because I mean, I, and I looked at Twitter, what are your guys said? Well, what would it take to get Brandon Ingram in on the team? Right? Well, he's, he's making like $29 million, meaning you've got to send out a lot of money just to be able to get him. You got to send out like 23 and a half million dollars who you got, right? That that's going to be value. Well, you could, you know, let's say, um, Resign, do a sign and trade for um, uh, you know, Robinson, right? Well, if, if let's but say you sign your compensation, yes, thank you. See, you, you, you do know your stuff, right? In a sign and trade, if you give a guy more than a 20% raise, and this used to be an old rule that applied to every signing, uh, if you give a guy more than a 20% raise, the league goes, We don't want you signing him just for the purpose of set, tailoring a salary for a trade. Right. We want your salaries to be set on the basis of basketball value. So if you do that, if you inflate a salary in assigning too much, and by too much, they mean more than 20%, 20% over what they made the previous season, then we're gonna, we're gonna kind of red flag that and said, you can do that. But if you trade them, we're gonna muck with you. We're going to say, all right, if you trade him after giving him that big bump, we're only going to count half of his salary, you know, basically as outgoing salary in that trade. So if you resign Duncan for 15 million, your outgoing number is seven and a half million. And now it's that much harder for you to get up to that 23 and a half million to go get a guy like BI. And, and you've got to start throwing in more, you know, so that's why you keep around a, a, a guy like Andre in order to be able to add his salary to something like that. And then say, okay, if you do that, if you do, you know, um, Andre Iguodala, maybe there's some of the other lower paid guys that you're, you're throwing in for value. Maybe then a trade like that can work. Final one here for you, Larry. And this is, uh, we're going to put you on the spot here. Because I, you know, I feel like you do know all 30 teams off the top of your head in one way or another. 
Would you say that the Heat's positioning right now, entering this offseason, on a scale of 1 to 10, 10 being the best in terms of amount of flexibility, draft picks, uh, you know, assets that they may current have. Current stars on the roster. Uh, current stars on the – well, I don't even want to say current stars on the roster because I, I want to get more – because nobody thinks Bam or Jimmy's going anywhere. So I, I, I more so what they can do now. I, I don't even want you to rank – their front office, although I might ask you to do that at the end here, but just in terms of what they have to play with that, not how good Andy is at it. Cause we know how good he is or, or how good Pat is or Adam Simon or any of the others in the front office, but just what they're the, the chips that they have to play with contracts, players, space, etc. on a scale of one to 10, where would you put? Oh, I don't do scales of my, my wife asked me those questions. Oh, come on, I always, Favorable, favorable, okay. middle I, of the road. I'm, or I'm the guy with the half hour answers, not the pithy one to 10 or favorable, unfavorable. Come on, Ethan. <laughs> so, okay, they have their cornerstone in Jimmy. And, you know, that's a, a great cornerstone to have. Um, and, you know, also, Bam, you know, is he worth the contract you know, he got? I, you know, I don't know. But what what do they really have beyond that in terms of the stuff in the middle? Their, their draft position obviously stinks. Um, you know, I thought they, mm-hmm. that they, I, I, I questioned this, the Giannis strategy, because I thought that, okay, maybe you're swinging for the fences, but I thought that the likelihood of him leaving Milwaukee was really low. And that's a lot to, to stake your team's future on. So I think that they're, they're kind of paying for that. You know, everything else is pretty much falling off. They have a couple of, you know, the, the, the um, Iguodala and the Dragic team options are obviously in their favor, much better for them than player options. So I, I don't see that they have a lot to work with and they have a lot of work to do, right? So I, I think that you, you, when you look at them, you go, you need, they need a one, they need you know, more shooting than what they were getting from their guys last year. You're looking for you know, more outside shooting, things like that. So. And their two best shooters, Larry, are restricted for and, agents. Uh-huh. I mean, their two best shooters last year, which were Robinson and Nunn, are restricted. For exactly. Agents. So I see the team as having a lot to do and not a lot to work with. So now that I've given the explanation, I will sum it up with I put them at like probably below a five, just be mainly because of the draft assets that they have and how everything's tied up. So call it a four. Gosh, all the good news bears on this podcast. I, no, I, I, I agree with him, but I'm going to, we're going to close with one other question, which is now we've said they have maybe four out of 10 in terms of, you know, uh, assets which is fair, but the people who's the people whose hands they're in. Okay. Your level of confidence in their group, uh, you know, starting with Riley, Andy, obviously the Arisons, you know, Adam Simon, Chet Camera. I mean, that whole, the whole content, Shane's not there anymore, but the, the rest of the group that they have put together there, Eric Spolstra, um, where would you, where would you rank their front office in terms of, uh, you know, being able to pull these kinds of things off? Cause they did get Jimmy with no cap space and just Josh Richardson. So. Right. So yeah, I, I like Andy a lot. I think, you know, he's one of the people who knows, uh, not only knows the CBA, but knows the strategies around the CBA better than anybody, mm-hmm. right? So there are certain GMs who are uh, maybe a tiny bit more creative, like Daryl Morey's always figured out ways of doing stuff that 
It's like, mm. you know, I, and the, he, he surprised me with a couple of things. Um, or I'm, I'm going, okay, somebody's going to do this. And he's the guy who tends to figure out how to do it. I was sitting down with, um, with Larry Harris, the assistant GM at Golden State one day. And we were just kind of looking at all these things that people do. And as it turned out, just by happenstance, all these things were, you, you, you could, you know, it's like this, the, um, the, the six degrees thing. You, you could tie all these moves just through connections to either um, Daryl Morey or Larry Harris, just on the basis of when they were the GMs in their different places, the kinds of things that they did. And, you know, and, and, but Andy's one of those people as well, where you know, he knows his stuff and he's good at it. You know, he's got good support from the ownership. It does not hurt that the heater in Miami, uh, certainly not only from the tax standpoint, but it's also a destination because you have to look at your team when you're the GM of team. You know, you're a Sam Presti in Oklahoma City. You're not thinking, okay, we're going to attract every free agent that's out there and we're going to swing for the fences with the spending, even though, you know, they're, they've been paying huge tax bills. So they have been spending a lot. Um, they, they can't sustain it forever. The, they, they, um, are one of those teams that are right in the middle, or if you're a small market team, you know you're you're building. You're not uh, you're not going out and swinging for the fences. Yeah, stuff. Miami it. is one of those teams that has the ability to swing for the fences, but they have to get themselves into the situation where they can. And you know, probably they're the canonical example of a team that does that when you look at what they did back in 2010. You know, it's the same group of people who back then who are. Who are, who are doing it today effectively and and they know how to do it. Can they do it today with what they have? No, but that takes years of work. And sometimes, you know, you look at the cycle of a team where you're gonna get better and then you don't want it to tear down super slow and then build up super slow. You want that to be like much more vertical, get bad and then get good again. Funny thing is just to round it back up to sports business classroom, uh, we do, uh, throughout the, uh, the the week, we do uh, a term project where you as, and a small group of people are assigned to an NBA team. Mm -hmm. And certainly the Heat are going to be one of the ones that we're going to use. And you have to analyze that team, strengths, weaknesses, assets, liabilities. What are the team's goals? You know, where are they in that cycle? What are they trying to do? What's your strategy for doing it? What are the tactics? What, what moves are you going to make? And then you go execute that in our mock trade deadline with every other group who represents every other team. And after, after you're done, you know, it's an amazing exercise. It, it really is. And after you're done, you're putting together your results and you're presenting those results, how you did related to your plan and how you ended up to our expert panel, which consists of ex general managers and coaches and things like that. So you're, you're, you're presenting with people who take no BS because they've been there walk the walk and know what, what they're talking about. And, and this exercise has always been something that everybody just gets so much out of. And one of, of these groups coming up here, August 9th to 14th is going to be the heat is going to be figuring out what to do is going to be trying to get it done you know, with the assets and the lack of draft picks that they Man, have. I want to go. And Larry, I am looking take forward. Twitter? Just take all of Heat Twitter just, and just, just take send me. them there. Just, I have a new career path. Bye, Ethan. Bye. And so, so, they, right, so, so, they, so they stop texting and tweeting about it. And just, just send them all as one big group. Put them on a plane to Vegas. All of Heat That's Twitter. Right. 
Chef Trilly can drive it. Uh, okay, I don't, I don't. Who else is going to be on there? Harry, our friend Harry. I'm just going to throw them all on there, and they can all sort of workshop this stuff uh, as they go. And and that code, because we got to let you go, Larry. I know you've given us a lot of time here. Five RSN, five RSN. We're going to promote this uh, out there. But I see. I want to see all the heat Twitter out there. Serious. Just, just descend on Las Vegas. Okay. That's just right. Me. And. And, and you are a heat armchair GM. Come to Vegas, walk the walk. It's our whole audience. And see how you, well, <laughs> let, let's do it. I will put you all in one group with the heat and oh we'll, put, we'll pit you up against everybody else and we'll see how you do. Oh boy. I, I, there, there are some folks that should not be in the same room, but I, I'm, I'm with you on doing it. Larry, <laughs> we appreciate you doing this for us. Uh, Larry Kuhn, you can follow him. We'll, we'll, again, we'll give you all the details on Twitter. Mybookie.ag, use that code five. If you're playing daily fantasy, prizepicks.com. Also use that code five. We want to get more signups there. Uh, even without the NBA, you can play MLB. You can play USA basketball. They just put that on there. And also you can do the NFL props. And of course, everything trade shows.com. That's everything trade shows.com. Mention five reasons. Get yourself a free booth rendering. Thanks, Larry. Appreciate it. Anytime, Ethan. Thank you for listening to the five on the floor on the five regional sports network.